Well, this is Ed Stetzer Live. I like to say good morning, but for those on the East Coast, it's good afternoon, though quite close to the morning. And of course, if you're listening on the podcast, as an increasing number of people do, you're listening whenever you want to. As a matter of fact, let me remind you, if you go to edstetzerlive.com, you can find links there to, uh, well, actually, the Moody Radio app. There you can listen to all of our multiple Moody Radio shows, lots of different topics, hosts, themes, uh, Bible teachers, and more. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast for Ed Stetzer Live and then listen in whenever you want to. It doesn't have to be on Saturday. And But those of you who are faithful Saturday listeners, I actually was spending time with a police officer. And uh, officer, uh, where we were just chatting. It sounds like I got in trouble, but no, no, I didn't get pulled over or anything of that sort. But he was there, pulled over, said hello, and he said, oh, I listen to you on Moody Radio. And so it's always nice to know uh, Wheaton's finest listening and uh, thankful for the service of our first responders as well. So I know many of you listen at different times when you're in your car on Saturdays as well, or wherever you might be. But again, remember, you can go to edstetzerlive.com and listen on the podcast as well. So um, so we want to uh, talk today. We've got some good, good, good topics always here, but we want to talk today. I don't know. This is, I don't know if this is a topic we ever talked about before, but as a pastor, it's a topic I teach about a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, this summer, I was uh, one of the speakers at, many of you be familiar with the Maranatha Camp and uh, Missionary Center, Mission, I can't exactly the title they use, but Maranatha Bible and Missionary Conference. And I was one of the speakers and they, you know, there's a speaker in the morning, a speaker in the evening. I was the evening speaker. And so I preached Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then every night of the week. And I just picked going through the Psalms. So when uh, Karen Hendren, my producer, does, she does a great job. She sent a list of possible people we want to talk to. One of them happened to have a six-week study of the Psalms. And I just done a seven-time study of the Psalms, you know, Sunday morning and then, well, I guess it'd be eight times because it was every night that week. Anyway, so our guest today is going to be talking to us about psalms and praise. Let me introduce her, and then we'll start this conversation. Uh, Becky Harling has a degree in biblical literature, and she's a speaker and Bible teacher at women's conferences and retreats. She's a uh, pastor's wife, parent, grandmother, women's ministry director, survivor of breast cancer and sexual abuse. All these things bring a depth to her message. She's the author of several books, including what we're going to talk about today is The Extraordinary Power of Praise. And so we're super excited. We're going to take your calls as well to talk to Becky. But Becky, I'm kind of one of those people who probably spend a lot of time talking about the difference between thanking God and praising God, how praise aligns us and more. Uh, with you know who we are in God and who God is and that we're not God. That was just part of the sermon that I did at Maranatha. You have said that learning to be intentional about praising God radically changed your life. Well, first, welcome to the program, but tell us how. Hey, it's great to be with you, Ed. I'm excited to be here. So, yeah, I was a person that really wrestled with anxiety. You know, it was rooted in some childhood trauma. So I just had a lot of fear and anxiety. And I remember reading in the Psalms one day in Psalm 94, where David writes, when anxiety was great within me, your consolations brought me joy. And I thought, I have found my people. (laughs) I love these psalmists because they get me. And as I began to shift my focus and do what I call turning my panic into praise, God brought calm. And that is actually straight out of the Word of God, because Psalm 63, David writes that that when we praise God, 
there is a shift, and it's a, it's a beautiful shift. The word for glorify God in Psalm 63, it carries a dual focus. So while we're praising God, he's calming us, and I kind of love that. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, so when we hear praise, we we often think in praise in the context of kind of a series of things. We want to thank God. We want to sing to God. We want to praise to God. Now, in your book is The Extraordinary Power of Praise. That's Becky Harling's book. Um, And we actually take calls later. We're going to share some of those copies with some of our amazing folks who have amazing comments or questions. Um, but, But help us to understand a little bit about what praise is. I want to get to some of... You know, even that Psalm 94 passage is so powerful about how in the midst of anxiety we find peace through praise. But what is this? What, what, what is praise? How is it distinguished from other elements of engaging God? Yeah, I love that question, Ed. And so when we're praising God, we're focused on His character. We're not necessarily focused on, you know, uh, what He's given us. I mean, we can certainly thank God for what he's given us, for what he's done for us. But there's this element in praise where we're worshiping God and and we're focused on who he actually is. And as we praise him, he transforms us and we become a little more like him. And I love that. Yeah, me too. And and again, it's we articulating who he is is. And this is a key thing. Um, And praising him is not thanking him for what he does, but that's Thanksgiving. Praising him is praising him for who he is. And you can just see the Psalms are so filled with that. That's why I loved going through the the book of Psalms. It's been a while since I preached through the whole book, but I got to share it at this, uh, I mentioned at this camp and also preaching this summer at uh, Park Church in Chicago. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. going through the Psalms, points us, and what I remind people today, matter of fact, I'm still looking at my message for tomorrow, is that it reminds you who God is, and you are not God, and that matters, and you know, all kind of ties in together. But for you, and again, the, the book we're talking about here, for those who are interested, is The Extraordinary Power of Praise. For you, you were pretty authentic about the struggle you had with anxiety, feeling guilty about being anxious, and then the psalmists here seem to really shift some of your thinking. Unpack more of that for us. Yeah, so I um, I grew up in very conservative, fundamental Christianity, and, you know, I wrestled with a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, and I kept hearing sermons about how anxiety was wrong, and it was wrong to worry, and it was wrong to feel fearful, but that wasn't helping me, Ed, because then I just felt guilty for worrying, and then that made me worry more, you know, and so... As I really delved into the Psalms, I realized, hey, they wrestled with anxiety too. And God is not shaming me for my anxiety, but he does offer a solution to my anxiety. And as I began to take this praise journey and really become intentional in my life about praising God, he really brought calm. And that really actually came home to me most through my breast cancer journey, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you said you started going on this praise journey. I want to hear more about this praise journey. And, and well, let's go there, and then I want to ask the question how it related to your breast cancer. But talk to us. You said, I went on this praise journey. What was that like? Yeah, so I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it was aggressive cancer. And 
my husband, Steve, and I were still very much in the journey of raising kids, and everybody was scared, including me, you know, and I remember calling a mentor saying, hey, can you pray with me on the phone, because I've just been diagnosed with cancer, I'm looking at a double mastectomy, you know, and a whole journey after that, and she did pray with me, but then she said, you know, for the next five days, before you even open your Bible, I want you to spend 20 minutes praising God. And at the time, Ed, thought this is the most bizarre challenge I've ever been given in my life. I hardly felt like jumping up and down saying, hallelujah, I've got cancer. Um, but I decided to take her challenge because I really had nothing to lose. And so as I would get on my knees each morning and just allow worship music, that's how I did it. I would allow worship music to prompt my praise for who God was. By the end of that week, I was addicted to praise because what I discovered is that as I was praising God, I began to experience and feel his love more deeply than I ever had before. It's not that he loved me more. It's that praising him, the Holy Spirit, it was like he opened my thinking to more of who God was. And so there was this calming element. Fascinating. Okay. And this was in and around a personal tragedy. And one of the things we see in the psalmists is that, I mean, there's a lot of that. There's, uh, you know, I was, I was just preaching this past Sunday on Psalm 27 at uh, Park Church mm-hmm. uh, there near North Campus. And halfway through the psalm, you know, David's you know, starting off with praise, and, and then it just shifts, and Lord, save me in my time of help me in my time of trouble. Something happens. We don't even know what it was. And, I mean, you just can walk into a very difficult time. But a key part of, and I, and I want to encourage people to get the book, a key part of the extraordinary power of praise is how praise makes such a difference in those moments of trial and difficulty. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, you are. And, you know, science has actually proven that. Um, I think it was Dr. Carolyn Leaf, a neuroscientist, you know, did some studies on what happens to the brain when you're actively praising God. And there's actually a chemical change. I mean, it's extraordinary, really. And so God, when he invites us, like a lot of people asking, well, you know, why does God invite us to praise him? Is he, you know, some insecure deity that just needs a that a boy every now and then? No, he invites us to praise him because as we're praising and worshiping him, his Holy Spirit changes us and he knows that we need that. We need that change. Yeah, so true, so true. And if you didn't have the rightful acknowledgement that God is God and you are not, um, it doesn't put us in that right frame, that right understanding, and I think that's really key. It would be very strange for a deity or a person or anybody to say, tell me how awesome I am, unless that praise is rightfully warranted. And we're going to continue our conversation with Becky Harling in just a moment, and your calls as well. Maybe you want to weigh in, ask questions, talk about praise. Our number is 877-548-3675. Again, I want to invite you to call in 877-548-3675. As believers in Jesus, we know our citizenship on earth is actually temporary, but the days can be challenging navigating a world in cultural decline. A.W. Tozer brings help and encouragement in his book, Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. He tackles the how-to of confronting and battling worldliness while we live in anticipation of heaven. 
be better equipped to take on each day. Read Culture, Living as Citizens of Heaven on Earth. Your copy is at moodypublishers.com. Hey, we're back at Stetzer Live. We're having a, a really helpful and fascinating conversation today about the extraordinary power of praise. That's actually, well, a true statement, but also the title of a book by Becky Harling. Becky's our guest today. And we've been talking about, well, what praise is, why it matters, and more. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit more about the anxiety question, because aren't Christians just supposed to stop worrying and, and stop having anxiety? That's sometimes what I seem to hear. Is, is, is there more to the story? I think there's a whole lot more to the story. You know, that was great if we could just turn it off. But unfortunately, we're still human, you know, and and there's a lot happening in the world around us. There's still very much the presence of evil and danger and violence. And I, I think, you know, that as believers, we know that Christ's presence is with us in situations. And the more that we lean into that presence, the more he can calm our anxiety and fear. But I don't really think anxiety is going to go away anytime soon. And some people really are more biologically prone towards that anyway. Yeah, it seems to be. And, you know, and we also, you know, we would also, we'd see a verse like Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your request be known to God. We would see and rightfully understand that as a normal practice and a normal existence of anxiety to come to the Lord and trust him. We would also recognize there might be times when counseling might be needed or additional interventions. So just to, to mention that. But the psalmist clearly uh, on more than one occasion, are in, one of the things I love about the Psalms, they're in trouble, they're in difficulty, they're in struggle. And it seems that sometimes, and here's, this is actually the songbook of the people of God in the Old Testament. And our songs are all, you know, peppy and, you know, and we're going to win these battles and this and this. And the reality is sometimes the psalmists, man, they were, they went to praise in the midst of some really difficult times. And it seems important that we, we know that, No. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, a lot of the Psalms are laments, and sometimes our worship and praise of God is in the midst of weeping. And, you know, it's where we're, we're weeping and we're grieving what's happening, and yet at the same time, our hearts are fully focused on who Jesus is and what, you know, and, and who he is as the King of Kings and on who God is and why, why he is, uh, with us in the midst of all of that, you know? And so there's this whole section in the Psalms of laments. Mm. And, and again, not something we talk about too much. Let's go to some calls. Let me remind everybody that we're taking your calls at 877-548-3675. Again, that's 877-548-3675. We're going to go uh, first to Christine. Uh, Christine in Tennessee, you are live on the air with your question or your comment. Well, thank you for taking my call. Good good afternoon, Becky. I've listened to you several times on Good Morning with Tom and Tabby out of Chattanooga, and I just love oh, listening to you when you were on. Um, quick question. I came in in the middle of the conversation. I suffered with anxiety and worry, my counselor said, for probably a long part of my life. Are there any specific verses or passages of the Bible when you said to praise and read that would help? may get through each day with such anxiety and worry? 
Such a great yeah, question, too. I want you to hold on. I, I want you to hold on, Christine, question. though. We want to give you a copy of, of, of her book. So if you hold on, uh, she, she's going to answer, but we're going to give you a copy of her book. Karen will get on the line in just a moment. So so hold hold that phone. Go ahead. Go ahead, Becky. Okay. So I, one of the things that I did when I was journeying through breast cancer, because my worry was so great, is I memorized Psalm 46. And the practice of praising God out loud using the words of the psalmist really helped me um, find peace and calm. And so I would recommend that you memorize, uh, you know, Psalm 46. Psalm 27 is another good one. Psalm 91 is a great one. You know, even the passage that we just talked about that Ed mentioned from Philippians 4, just about switching our focus, you know, whatever things are true, honest, lovely, because God is all those things. And so when we switch our focus to him, He's able to calm our anxious heart. Yeah, and you, you, you in the book you talk some specific psalms as well. So which, uh, which of the psalms would you say we would draw to in anxious times? Yeah, absolutely. I would say Psalm forty-six. That's absolutely one of my favorites. I mean, I remember walking um, every day <laughs> before my surgery, just saying Psalm forty-six out loud. Psalm 91 is a great one. Psalm 94 is a great one. Um, I mean, just any of the Psalms, really. Psalm 63 is one of my favorites. Uh, you mentioned Park Church. I will actually be at Park Church the, the last Saturday in August teaching from Psalm 63. And that's a great Psalm, you know, and just pouring out your heart to the Lord in praise using the words of the psalmist. Yeah, I actually saw you were going to be there. Lisa Bishop is our mutual friend. She's on the back of your book, too, as well. So so excited yeah, you're going to be there awesome. as well. And yeah, she, she is awesome. Um, I'll tell her tomorrow. We talked about her on the radio program. But um, but again, we're talking to <laughs> Becky Harling. The, the book is The Extraordinary Power of Praise. Uh, let me remind you again that we're taking your calls at 877-548-3675. We're going to go to Susan in Winfield, Illinois. Not far from here. Susan, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Hi, um, I am just really happy to hear um, this topic because um, I've always enjoyed worship and praise, but during the time where we're all isolated in COVID and I was on, I I participated in a prayer meeting with some um, wonderful um, black sisters um, from the South side of Chicago where I grew up. Anyway, um, there's this one lady who would get on and she would just praise the Lord every day. Uh, and so as I was reading through Psalms 145, it's uh, mm-hmm. verse 2, every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. And due to the example of this lady, I decided I was going to do that. And I printed out the Hall of One Psalm 45 and just um, would read it out loud and meditate on it every day. And I came to realize it changed me because I realized who God is. And no matter what's going on around us, and there is stuff bombarding us from the news all the time, we can always praise God for who he is because he doesn't change. And then the other thought is, you know what? We're going to spend eternity praising God for who he is. So we might as well start practicing. <laughs> and Come on. Um, it's just it. something you could choose, regardless of what's going on or what your feelings are. You can, David often commands his soul, you know, praise the Lord. And you can do that. You don't have to be washed over by all the, 
you know, stuff and the emotions and stuff. But you can, God doesn't change. So you can always praise him for who he is. And so I just keep this printed out and it's all folded up. And But I just pull it Which, out. You and keep I just the Psalm, Psalm 145? What do, what do you keep? Psalm 145. Okay, let's let's take a moment right here because let's see. It says, "I will exalt you, my God, the King." Exalt from the beginning, right? Every I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol. I love the word extol. Extol your name forever and ever. And Susan, what a great call! What a great psalm! And we want to. If you hold on to, our producer is going to come on and give you a copy uh, of the book because we want you to be encouraged by the extraordinary power of praise. So Becky, I mean, Susan came in and she was bringing it and I liked it. Uh, and so, so she had, and it is interesting too. She mentioned that she was in a Bible study with some African-American sisters on the South side of Chicago. For those of you who don't know Chicago, South side's a more African-American community. Um, and she seemed to have learned maybe some from the cross-cultural experience that uh, of the openness to praise that's there. Uh, it is interesting to me that across different cultures, some all should praise, but people do engage in that praise in different ways. So help me understand both how praise is universal, but why is it sometimes, maybe for us, a little we're a little timid to do that? You know, I, I actually love that question, Ed, because I've done quite a bit of traveling in Africa, and um, I'll never forget one church service that I was not sure I wanted to go to, actually, because a terrorist group had burned down a church about 20 minutes away, and I was with my husband, and he was preaching, and he had said to me the night before, he knew I was afraid, but he's like, well, you can stay here on the compound if you want, because there will be armed guards protecting you, you know, but as I was praying that night, the Lord said, you know, I I want you to live your message, so I did go with Steve that day, and such exuberant worship, and these believers knew that at any time, this particular terrorist group could storm their church and shoot them or burn their church down. And yet their praise was so exuberant. And I, I felt so refreshed after being with them. I think sometimes as Americans, <clears throat> we are inordinately concerned about our image. And if we could switch from worrying about our own image and how people are going to perceive us to God's image, I think our our worship and our praise might be a whole lot more exuberant. Yeah, and it's interesting. I think I have noticed around the world that uh, that persecution, you mentioned persecution, does seem to be a almost a precursor. You're in trouble, and so you go to the Lord who is the source of strength in the midst of trouble. So I think those those are an important part of that expression. So no, I love it. I love it. So so good. And we remember too that Revelation seven, men and women around around the throne forever, every tongue, tribe, and nation giving praise. So if mm-hmm. praise hasn't something you're practiced, uh heaven's gonna be a new a new experience for you. Uh new experience yeah. for you as 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 well. Let's let's go to Nancy in Streamwood, Illinois Streamwood, Illinois. Yeah, Streamwood, Illinois. You're on the air, Nancy. Go ahead. Oh I'm sorry. Thank you for no taking my call. Um, I'm calling about Philippians 4, 6, and 7, <clears throat> about, you know, being anxious for nothing but in everything, but all the things that it tells you to do um, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Well, I've struggled with fear and anxiety most of my life. And what is hurtful is that I have never... I have done those things that it says to do, 
bringing situations, but I've never experienced the peace of God that transcends understanding. And I don't know where is the disconnect or why, maybe why aren't I experiencing that? What do you, what do you think, um, Becca, what would you say? So, <clears throat> Nancy, I, um, first of all, I'm sorry that anxiety and worry and fear have been such a battle for you. And I, I feel like I can understand that. And one thing I would say to you um, is keep praising God, keep doing the things, but you also might check in with your medical doctor because sometimes anxiety is, is a medical condition, especially if it's run in your family, you know, and there are medicines that can really help you. I think sometimes Christians can make other Christians feel guilty for medicine, but think about it. If you had, you know, strep throat, you would have to take penicillin, or if you broke your arm, you'd have to get a cast. And so sometimes our brains are are not um, <clears throat> fully firing on all cylinders, and a little medicine can go a long way, you know. But in the meantime, I want you to know that God is so pleased with you because you are doing the things, and so He's delighted in you. Uh, good, good word. And, and, and let me just affirm to what Becky mentioned too that uh, you know, go go to your church, uh, you know, connect with your physician. Uh, let's create a. Uh, a group, uh, a, a partnership here of support in the midst of that, particularly when you find, you know, when you hear verses like be anxious for nothing and you find yourself in a rut and you can't get out of that after weeks, then it's time to take additional steps as well. So thankful for your honesty about that, Nancy. I want to encourage you in that direction. Let me invite you to your calls as well, talking about Psalms and more, 877-548-3675. Hey, we're back, and we're continuing our conversation about, around the issue of praise. The book we're talking about is The Extraordinary Power of Praise. It's by Becky Harling, and she's kind of used walked through some of the Psalms to bring forth some of the ideas that are here as well. We're also taking your calls. I had several folks waiting on the line. Let me give you one more opportunity to call in, 877-548-3675. That's 877-548-3675. Let's go to Marvin in Gray's Lake. You're live on the air, Marvin. Uh, good morning. I, I'd like to put in a word for memorization of the sounds. It seems like they're the most memorizable types of uh, uh, verses in the scriptures, and they're such help if, if you can grab a body of your head instead of having to go to your uh, Bible. I wonder if the guests would comment on this. Big amen, big amen, Marvin. Let's go to let's go to Becky. But you'll hold on. We'll give you a copy of her book as well. But Becky, what about memorizing some of these psalms? I bet you got some of them memorized. I, I do, and I love that comment, Marvin. You know, I, when I teach at conferences, I often encourage people to have what I call emergency verses. You know, those times where maybe you're in bed at night and a panic attack comes, or you're driving in your car and you're overwhelmed by worry. And these are verses that you have memorized, and you don't need to, you know, look in your Bible while you're driving and 
said, you can just start rehearsing them in your mind. And so I love that. I, I do make a practice of memorizing, and I, I think the Psalms are a great place to start. Yeah, I remember when I was a teenager, I was just thinking about this. This is the, uh, on August 13th, 1983, I took Donna Stetzer, then Alderman, out on our first date. And so we were loving, we loved the Lord, we loved one another, and we started memorizing some scripture together. But I will tell you one of the first scriptures I memorized as a young teenage boy was Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? But by living according to your word, with all your heart I have sought thee. I think that's in the New American Standard Bible. So, um, so, so it's, I mean, it's really shaping and framing. And you mentioned Psalm 46 and Psalm 94, others that we've memorized over the years. Such a good practice because... You can recall them. They're in your pocket, and you can recall them when you're having that, I don't know, you could be just a time of praise or worship. could be a difficult time and more. Um, in, in the book, you um, you talk a, a story about traveling um, traveling overseas, and you talk some about the danger you felt and, and how the Lord kind of walked you through that, and that was powerful. But you also talk some about anger sometimes and expressing our anger to God. Um, and oh, yeah. the psalmist do that. And what did this look like in your own life? And how did it move from anger to surrender? Yeah, I, I this was such a confusing issue for me, Ed, because again, you know, I was raised in a church culture where uh, particularly kids were not allowed to feel angry. And so I, I never knew what to do with this feeling, you know. And then I remember reading Psalm 3 the first time, where, where David talks about the Lord being a shield around him, I will, I will not fear. And then he goes on and he says, Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. And I remember thinking, oh, he really got angry, you know. And, and there was a time in, in our lives, my husband was in um, a very large church, but there was a lot of division going on, and there were a lot of critics. And I just remember walking the beach in California and just really pouring out my heart to the Lord and just saying, Lord, I feel angry, and I, I can't deny this feeling. I've got to bring it before you. But as I walked the beach that day, saying, you know, echoing David's prayer, you know, break their teeth, oh God, you know, then <laughs> the Lord would say, okay, now, you know, we, we've got that anger out, Becky. Now let's switch your focus to praising me that I'm in control here. And as I praised him, then the Holy Spirit began to change my heart and give me a heart of forgiveness. And so I think it's important for people to understand when you feel angry, don't deny it trying to be, you know, all spiritual or something. Instead, pour it out before the Lord. Tell him honestly how you feel because he knows anyway. And then ask the Holy Spirit to switch your attitude as you're praising God that he's in charge. Mm, so good. Um, Robin from Cleveland, um, she wanted to pass along a question. She was, it was, it was uh, obviously through a broken heart. And she, uh, she said, I really I have a really sick child, finding it very hard to praise God and be joyful because of a broken mm -hmm. heart. How do I praise God in a situation like this with such a broken heart? Oh, the, the, uh, I, my heart goes out to Robin. Um, I know in our own extended family, um, there were seasons of deep, deep grief when our daughters and our daughter-in-law lost babies. And you know, in those seasons of deep 
grief, I would say, first and foremost, allow yourself to weep. You know, the psalmist says, you collect all my tears in a bottle, and they're actually precious to God. You know, I'm, I'm often reminded, Ed, that Jesus also wept, you know, and, and in the garden, he really poured out his heart to the Lord and just wept before God. Like, if there's another thing I can do to, to, er, to work salvation on behalf of humanity, you know, show me if I don't have to go to the cross. So, you know, don't minimize the weeping. Go there authentically and weep. And somehow in your weeping, just say, Lord, I, I love you. I'm not going to walk away from you. I don't understand this. I don't have to understand this. But I surrender to your love in this time because I believe that Jesus actually weeps with us in our own weeping. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so too. And I think that's part of, you know, again, we, we sometimes have a Christian life or experience that's only allowed to be communicated if it's all um, happy and, and things yeah. are going great. And yet the reality is a lot of times they're. They're they're not, and I think that's kind of key. Matter of fact, wait, let, let's go to uh, Savannah. Uh, Savannah's actually driving somewhere in Florida. Savannah, you're live on the air. Um, so this might sound stupid as a question or a thought, but I, I am a worship leader. My husband and I have led for several years. And worship has me concerned because most of the songs that are sung in churches are not worship. They're not. Oof, I think we I think we're losing. We lost you, Savannah. Um, okay, so when when people call in, they actually have a person who kind of asks them what they want to share. So let me share what our call screener had written down for Savannah. Savannah, let you comment. But Savannah, sorry about that. And even if you still, if you can if you can hear me, hold on because we do want to give you a copy uh, of of the book so that at least you can get that the extraordinary power. Of praise. So, so Savannah is mentioned. She's a worship leader. Let me read what they wrote. Uh, it says, as a worship leader, I know that we should call it praise and worship. A lot of songs are currently about us and what he has done for us. And that's not praise. That's great, actually. So weigh in a little bit on that, Becky, because a lot of this stuff is, it is kind of, I guess the technical term would be man-centered, whereas praise is obviously and overwhelmingly God-centered. So what's the distinction between the two and how should we move in a more God-centered direction? Yeah, I, I, you know, I start every morning, actually, early in the morning on my knees listening to praise music. And so I try to choose songs. You can find any song on YouTube. I try to choose songs in the beginning of my day that are completely God-focused, you know, like Our God is Overall or are those kinds of songs. And yet, there's also a place for when we're crying out to the Lord to meet us. And so God honors those songs as well. However, in our praise journey, we do want to focus our hearts around songs that really are God-centric. And there's, there's great music out there, you know, that's rooted in Scripture that you can use to prompt your own praise journey. I do, I do agree with Savannah um, that... And I, I get exactly what you're saying, but that's not the normal sort of diet of most worshipers today. It's, it's singing um, praise about who God is, not about what he's done or what we should do, or, but just about who God is, does seem to be less common in the worship of, let's just say, churches in America than it does in the Psalms. Am I misreading that? 
You know, I, I that might be a trend. I think in some ways, though, I think maybe COVID was good for us. Oh, interesting. There have been some great albums that have come out during the pandemic that are more God-centric. You know, I was listening to a song early this morning around five, just on my knees worshiping, and it was about Yahweh and who he is and the great I am and all his characteristics. And I thought, this is beautiful, you know, and just worshiping that. I think you can search for those kinds of songs. And I, I think worship leaders, are, you know, most of them are doing the best they can, but I think it would be good to analyze how many of the songs you're leading on a Sunday morning really are God-centric. Yeah, yeah, and it's good. Let me just say, we're pro-worship leaders, so we're not, uh, we get that there's, I mean, gosh, I can't yeah. imagine a job where some people give their opinion more. So we're pro and thankful for our worship leaders as well. Let me invite you, we have one more segment left, 877-548-3675. We can talk about the extraordinary power of praise, both as a reality, but also as the title of the book that Becky Harling has written. Becky's our guest, 877-548-3675. Let's take your calls. Hey, we're having a fascinating conversation, good conversation, good calls and more. And we've been talking about the issue of praise, what it is, why it matters. The Extraordinary Power of Praise is the title of the book, title of the show, title of our conversation. Becky Harling's our guest. She's the author uh, of that book as well. We've been taking your calls. We've got just a few more minutes for calls. So if you want to jump on, this is your time, 877-548-3675. Again, 877-548-3675. Three six seven five. Becky, um, you know, one of the things you write about is how praise can bring victory in the life of a believer. So, how how does that work? Yeah, I I love that, and I, I'm so glad you asked that, Ed, uh, because I needed victory in my own life, right? Because anxiety was crippling me, and at times it was keeping me from doing what God had called me to do. And yet, when I would switch my focus, when when the panic would come or when the anxiety or the worry or the fear would come, I knew I needed a plan. And so my, I began to, to practice turning my panic into praise. And I remember doing this in the country of Nigeria when my husband and I were surrounded by teenage boys pointing AK-47s at us, you know. And if you practice this enough, you can do it anywhere. And so when I was in that van and we were surrounded by these teenage boys pointing these guns at us, I began to just mentally go through the alphabet. Lord, I praise you because you're the Alpha and the Omega. I praise you because you're my bread of life. I praise you because you created me. You're my deliverer. You know, and just going on through the alphabet. And as I did that, believe it or not, calm came over me and I had absolute peace in that van. Now the end of the story is the guys left us alone and we were able to pass through. But really when we choose to praise God, you know, Satan is allergic to praise. And so as we're praising God, he has to flee and whatever's terrifying us, we win the victory over it. You know, I think of Jehoshaphat in second Chronicles 20. I love that story where He's surrounded on every side, and, you know, he tells the people of God, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go out, and in front of the soldiers is going to be the choir, and they're going to sing praises to God. 
And as they sang praises to God, God sent ambushes and defeated the enemy. And it's such a picture of what he can do in our lives. Yeah, and it's kind of a recurring theme. You uh, Praise is described as uh, multiple things in, in your book. Again, the book is Extraordinary Power of Praise by Becky Harling. Uh, one of the things described is, is, is a key to overcoming the evil one. How is that? Yeah, because, you know, Satan tempts us in a million different ways. He threatens us. He wants to get us discouraged, you know, so that we quit whatever we're called to do, you know, and he... He tempts us to give in to sin. And if we go back to the story of Jesus, anytime Jesus was tempted by Satan, what did he do? He quoted scripture and he ended up praising God with scripture. And so that's what we need to do. We have these weapons that God has given us. We have the word of God and praising God. And if we combine those two, we can really clobber the enemy and God can give us victory in that moment. Yeah, powerful stuff, powerful stuff. One more question, too, and then we'll go to calls. Uh, what intentional practices can you suggest for our listeners to implement praising God daily? Yeah, absolutely. And so I suggest before you even get out of bed in the morning to praise God that his love goes before you into the day. The last thing when you close your eyes at night, praise him for his faithfulness throughout that day. And then, you know, use your worship music. I listen to worship music every single morning on my knees, no matter where I am in the world, for probably a half an hour or so. And I allow the worship music to prompt my praise. Everybody knows the alphabet, Ed. And so we can just go through the alphabet and praise God for who he is, you know, using the alphabet as a grid. You know, take a worship walk, get out in creation and just Worship God for the beauty of, cre- of, of his creative um, imagination all around us, you know, and, and, and use scripture in your, in your worship time because all of those tools just make worship more fun and make praise more fun. And you're going to see that your attitude changes. You're going to see that you have more peace, that you have less anxiety, less stress. Let's go to Sarah. Sarah, in listening on WKES down in Florida. Sarah, you're live on the air. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I was calling about the uh, caller who talked about the uh, praise music, and I had a little bit of a disagreement. You're basically saying it was not praise if we're talking about what God has done for us, that it's us-centered, but it's still God-centered. I mean, that's the whole foundation of being a witness is telling our experience of what God has done for us, and it's still centered on him and his power and his mercy and grace. I love you, Sarah. Yeah, good, good, I, good word. I so so talk about the distinction there. Go ahead. Yeah, I, you know, and, and maybe we're dividing it too much. I actually love what Sarah said because, you know, in Revelation it says that they overcame by the word of the testimony and by the blood of the lamb. And so if you're praising God for what he's done in your life, you're still praising him for his character, but you're so incredibly um, filled with worship and love. You know, I think about the woman who poured out the alabaster jar, you know, Mary, just at the feet of Jesus, just pouring out her offering. Because she's so thankful, but she's worshiping Jesus for who he is as the Lamb of God. And so the two can go together, really. Yeah, and that's interesting, too, because I I do, I probably make a stronger distinction that, you know, praise is just extolling or speaking of who God is. Where we speak of his acts among us, that's Thanksgiving. So I think that's one of the reasons why praise and Thanksgiving are so often mentioned in the Bible. Very connected 
But I guess for me, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I, I'm actually, I don't disagree with what Sarah said, but I just find that it's easier for us to find ways to thank God for his actions. But I think it's also important and maybe underlooked and over and undervalued to just praise God for who he is. Am I, am I, am I overemphasizing something there? That seems to be a theme in your book, but, but for who he is, how does that matter? And how do we do that that might be different than Thanksgiving? Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying, Ed, because, okay, if, you know, if God never did another thing for me in all my life, yes, he has saved me, he has healed me in so many realms, not just from cancer, but from the trauma I experienced in childhood. So yes, I'm very, very thankful for that. But then on top of that, and beyond that, I'm, I, if he never did another thing for me, I would spend eternity praising him because he is loving, completely loving, completely good, completely faithful, completely, you know, um, uh, sovereign and almighty over all things. And so there is a slight distinction for sure, and yet the two can also go together. So sometimes it's our thanksgiving that leads us to praise. But as we really gaze on who God is, and we just become enveloped by the wonder of who he is, then praise rises up in our hearts. And, and that, of course, is the truest form of praise. Yeah, and again, so so good. We, listen, we've got about a minute left. And I want to encourage you, uh, again, what are some ways right now, tomorrow, that folks can begin to implement this praise lifestyle? Turn your panic into praise. At some point between today and tomorrow, you're going to feel fearful or discouraged. Immediately start praising God for what you know to be true about him. Use the alphabet if you need to. You know, tonight, as you lay your head on the pillow, just before you go to sleep, begin praising God for his faithfulness throughout this day. And just praise him that tomorrow... He will be faithful as well because that's his nature, you know. And so really putting some of these intentional practices into place. Download a worship music list on your phone. And tomorrow morning when you get up, grab your coffee, get on your knees, put in your headphones, and begin to allow the praise music to prompt your praise. Turn your focus on who God is. You know, and I really believe that as the people of God, become intentional about praise, he's going to bring revival. Amen, amen. Well, great. what a great conversation today. Becky Harling, you were a great guest. The Extraordinary Power of Praise is the book. Let me thank my my team as well. I, sent, I said Karen Hendren was our producer, and she is normally, but Trisha McMillan's actually producing today. Engineer Courtney Young is always doing a great job. Ryan Hansen, man of the phones. Thanks, Ryan. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at edstetzerlive.com or the Moody Radio app. You can also connect with us, find out what's coming up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Ed Stetzer Live. And remember, Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio. Thanks for all our partners and affiliates. And Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks for listening.